this morning, if you brought your Bibles, I want to share a passage of Scripture, a couple, one being Galatians chapter 4, if you'll turn to Galatians chapter 4, and then we'll look at Romans chapter 8, and kindly pull these two together. I want to share with you a sermon that I've just simply entitled, Adoption slash Sonship, Sonship. The spirit of adoption and sonship. Galatians chapter 4. And we want to read um, verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoptions are the adoption of sons. I don't want to underline that. Look at it again. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made on the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons. Now, he doesn't mention your sons and daughters. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But he's looking at every one of us as sons. Okay? And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. If you will turn to Romans chapter 8, and we'll look at verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Paul says in Romans eight fourteen, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There it is again. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. There it is again. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So there's a word that we've already used several times this morning, and that word's adoption. The word adoption comes from two Greek words, one meaning a son, the second word meaning a placing. W.E. Vines in his uh, word study says it signifies the place and the position of a son given to one to who it does not naturally belong. A place and a position given to a son in which it doesn't naturally belong. So Romans 8 verse 15 says the believer has received the spirit of adoption. Therefore, meaning at our spiritual birth, believers, all believers, are placed in this spiritual position known as sons of God. So the moment that you and I were saved, we were placed in a position. And that position is referred to as the sons of God. 
The Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. So we're placed in that position at our spiritual birth. God didn't sign court papers like Shane and Corey did in order to adopt Judah. We're looking at a physical adoption, and then we're looking at a spiritual adoption, and a physical adoption is where you sign papers and and that child becomes yours, but a spiritual adoption is when you're born into the family of God, you're set in a position that is referred to as adoption, i.e. sons of God. So we're born again into the family of God. You're not adopted into the family of God. Bible says in John 3, in order to be saved, Nicodemus, what? I must adopt you? No, you must be born again. And so you experience a new birth, and at that new birth, he puts you in a position known as the sons of God. Now, what about this daughter, sons and daughters? Well, if you want to call yourself a daughter of God, ladies, that's okay. As sons and daughters of God, that would be appropriate However, God looks on all believers today as being in the position as sons of God. Um, A boy child, if you remember in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, uh, to have a boy child was very important. Um, You know, a boy child was promised a greater percentage of the inheritance at the father's death because of his position, especially the firstborn. You remember the prodigal son? He had a brother. Now, there may have been some daughters, but they're not mentioned. It's about sons. You see how the position sons of God are, is elevated? So don't worry about the, about the masculinity of the word. It's a position we're all sons and daughters. We're just uh, sons. We're all as important as each, each one. If a father had a son who disappointed him, uh, perhaps because of his morals or because of his work ethic, by law he could go out and adopt a son to replace his first son, one that would be morally fit and one that would have the correct work ethic that he uh, inspired him to have. He could adopt a son that would receive his inheritance over his biological son. It was all about position. So at the moment of our spiritual birth into the family of God, God places us in the position of sonship. Not greater than the Son of God, Jesus, Not greater than the only begotten Son, the only one of His kind, Jesus, Christ. You know, we're not going to be like Jesus in that we are God. Some, well, the Mormons teach that we're all going to be gods. No, we're not going to be gods. We're sons of God. But we're not as is the Son of God, are the only begotten Son of God. However, God produces in the believer at our new birth 
a realization of sonship and the attitude of belonging as sons. Here's the point. All of us are put into the family by faith. I place my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm born into the family of God. When I'm born into the family of God, God positions me as a son of God. We're placed in the position of sons. Galatians 4, 5 says we have received the adoption as sons. So first, what's the spiritual adoption? What is spiritual adoption? As believers, we've all been placed in a position as the sons of God. And you'll see how important that is as we go on. Secondly, how do I know that I'm a son of God? That I have this adoption as son of God. Look at Romans chapter 8, it tells us. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those who are sons are led by the Spirit of God. Simply put, if you're experiencing the leading hand of God in your life, you can be certain that you are a child of God, i.e. that you are a son of God. Now notice the verses in present tense, which simply means uh, they're being led. That indicates that we're all, there's an already existing leading going on as, to us as Christians. For as many are led, or as being led, some translations say, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see, um, are you being led by the Holy Spirit of God? Do you find the Holy Spirit of God leading you and making decisions in your life? Uh, there's going to be some interruptions in that leading from time to time. If there were not, then there wouldn't be all these warnings and admonitions that we find in the Old Testament and the New Testament for us to be careful in how we live and how we exhibit our life and that we bring um, a, a righteous character as we appear righteous before other people. But we are to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. The point is the genuine believer's life is basically characterized by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Just as it's basically characterized by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. To say that I'm a Christian in your life is not characterized by the righteousness of Christ. It's not, uh, it's not a true... Um, Definition of yourself. But the genuine believer, their life is basically characterized by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 14. As many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now remember this. That a mere profession of faith. One that just has a mere profession of faith cannot be led by the Spirit of God. There is a difference between profession of faith and a possession of faith. A profession of faith and a possession of the Holy Spirit. So you may be good, you may be moral, you may be generous, you may attend church and do all those things, make all the claims of the things that you're doing. I do this and I do that and I serve here and I serve there. However, if you're serving in the flesh, 
if you're being led by the flesh and not the Spirit of God, if you don't have the conviction of God's leading and empowering on your life, then you're not a son of God. Romans 8 verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they have the sons of God. So how do I know that I'm in this adoption slash sonship? I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to lead my life. Jot it down something else also. And before we go to there, let me just mention this. If you're doubting your salvation this morning, if you're doubting your salvation and people do that from time to time, ask yourself this. Do I sense God leading me in my life? Do you pray and ask God's leading in everything you do? You say everything? Yeah, everything. Nothing's too small for God to lead you in. Nothing's too large, of course, for God to lead you in. There is an assurance found in regards to your salvation in Romans 8, verse 14. You know that you're a son of God a child of God, if you're being led by the Spirit of God. Now, how do I know that I'm a son of God? Because first, he leads me. Now, remember at times, Christians, uh, you know, if you're not feeling secure in your salvation, it may be because you're neglecting some Christian disciplines in your life. In other words, um, you may be neglecting Bible study or praying and having quiet time with the Lord, talking to God and having fellowship with the church, the body of Christ, or serving God or giving your time and your resources and ministry or, or being careless about obedience to his word or just being indifferent to the things of God altogether. That person will invariably have doubts about their salvation. I don't know, Brother Sammy, if I'm saved or not. Well, they hadn't been in church in about three months. You're going to have a doubt every now and then if you're not in the fellowship of believers, if you're not studying God's word and praying and in the word and having fellowship with God and being obedient to his word. But also, you'll have doubts during the time of pain and during the time of sorrow and failure and disappointments in your life. You'll, this will come to you in your life and you'll say, man, I just wonder if, if I'm a Christian or not. Well, that, ha that comes about from time to time. Uh, Satan will always be there to sow the seeds of uncertainty in your life as a Christian. So how can I be sure that I'm a son of God? Is there the leading of the Holy Spirit? Then secondly, look at verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So those who are sons of God realize that they've been, that they're being led by the Spirit of God. Then secondly, those that are sons of God realize that they have been freed from this bondage of fear. What are you afraid of today? Have you been delivered from the bondage of fear? The Bible says that we've been delivered from that, that bondage of fear. Verse 15, you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, we cry, Daddy, Father. 
We've been delivered from that bondage. No longer are we to be enslaved to the bondage of fear. Fear of suffering, fear of uh, death, fear of unemployment, fear of failure, fear of blame, loss of a spouse or condemnation or rejection. I just jotted down a few that things people fear. One way that you know that you're a son of God is that that bondage of fear has been relieved, been removed. John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And then verse 18, for you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So as a Christian, you and I have access to the heavenly Father. We are adopted as the sons of God. Think of that. Let that soak in. We have all the privileges of sonship, especially the privilege of access to the Father. We can pray anytime. We can enter into the presence of God anytime, any place. Nobody can stop me from praying. No law can stop me from praying. No man can stop me from praying. No edict can stop me from praying. Remember Daniel? The tent was there to, for him to pray at a certain, to stop praying at a certain time, but yet he remained faithful in prayer. Why was that? He had no fear. Why was that? He, was, he knew that he was son of God. So we can lay our fears at the feet of Jesus and we can cry, Abba. That word Abba is an Aramaic word which means daddy. Daddy. How often have I prayed, Lord. Daddy, I'm, I'm going through this situation and I don't know what to do and I'm afraid. I'm really afraid and I don't know what I'm going to do. You ever prayed a prayer like that? A friend, his love for his adopted son is as great and powerful as his sovereign power. He's all powerful. He can... He can Come into your situation, and he can rework that situation any time, any way that he sees fit. He's sovereign God. And he'll do anything for his adopted son. Anything. You'll be surprised how God will work in your life in regards to the fears you might have. And I promise you, based on the words of this book, as the old songwriter said years ago, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide, hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each new day. God will make a way for his son. I know I'm adopted son. How do you know, Brother Sammy? I'm led by the Spirit, verse 14. I'm, I'm freed from the slavery of fear. And then number three, how do I know? Verse 16 and 17. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, I'm closing with this. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified 
together. How do I know that I'm a son of God? I'm led by the Spirit, freed from the slavery of fear, and the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. If you want to know if you're a son of God, just ask him. And his Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit and say, no, no, you're not a son. You need to be saved. You need to give your heart, your life to me. Or he'll give you a peace about that. He'll give you a peace. So this morning, you know if you're a legitimate child of God or if you're not. You know if you're born of the Spirit. You know if you've been placed in that position of sonship. Led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Free from the slavery of fear. And have the Holy Spirit as a witness with your spirit. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. Life is too short. Eternity in hell is too long. For you to gamble with your theology in regards to salvation. Really, God could give a hoot what you think about how to be saved. He tells you how to be saved. And if you want to gamble with what you think and how you think you can be saved, that is one more gamble, especially if it's apart from the way he says you can be saved. Basically, there's only two views in regards to obtaining salvation. There is a works view. Also, we refer to this works view as a sacerdotal view where we obey sacraments in order to be saved. But a work salvation. One day, if you were to die today and God said, okay, why should I let you into my kingdom? What would you say to him? Well, I've been a good guy. I pay my debts and I'm good to my neighbors and I haven't stolen anything. And I'm morally fit. I don't do drugs or I don't do this and I don't do that. And I'm good to my family and I give to the church and I go occasionally and I serve down at the church. And the sacerdotal is I've been baptized and I take the Lord's Supper and I go every Sunday. And God says, is there anything else? Well, I'm just as good as anybody else down there. I almost forgot that. And then he says something like this. We find in Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Have you placed your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? This morning, would you be willing to pray? And through repentance, Acts 3.19, repent you therefore and be converted that your sins might be blotted out. Through your repentance and ask God to forgive you. And then place your faith for your salvation, not in your works, but in him. Believing and trusting in his death and his resurrection and his soon coming return, would you be willing to confess him as Lord of your life? You say, well, I don't believe in his lordship salvation. Well, why is that? Because you want to be your own boss? He says it like this in Romans 10 verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confessing what? Confessing that Jesus Christ is your Lord. My friend, would you be willing to confess him as the Lord of your life and let him be your Savior? 
be born into the family of God and be positioned as sons of God. The highest position in his family, right beneath the only begotten son. That's our prayer together. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to just open your word and focus upon this adoption slash sonship, spiritual adoption, what it really means. I pray for every person here. I don't know their hearts. You do. And so no more than anyone knows my heart. And so I pray, Lord, that today if anyone's here and they've never trusted Jesus and him alone for their salvation, that they come today. Don't let them gamble, Lord. Convict them if they're gambling with some philosophical uh, treaty, Lord, in regards to salvation. I pray that they'll come today. Take you at your word. That you tell us that whosoever shall call upon you shall be saved. They'd be willing to call upon you today. And I pray, Lord, that you'll let us remember that we are sons of God that we're led by your spirit, that we're free from the bondage of fear, and that your spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That makes a lot of difference in what we go, when we go through things in this old world. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.